This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. They know. Your home, it's so much more than a house. It's the, it's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been helping people attain those dreams. They've been making it better. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Andy Gresh joins us at 2 o'clock Eastern. Is it Andy Gresh's show at 2, right? Andy Gresh is still going to do his show? Thank God. He's a hell of a guy, then, Andy Gresh. Hell of a guy. He lost all that weight, so he feels like he can just walk around and say whatever he wants to to anybody at any time. Back when he was still a fat bastard, he wasn't saying anything to anybody. Now, he lost all that weight. He forgot what it's like to be King Fat Ass, and now all of a sudden he's saying anything he wants to at anybody. Listen, it's a lifetime contract. Club Fats, Gresh, is like the Bloods and the Crips. It's blood in, it's blood out. And just because you say you ain't a part of it anymore... Dumb mean you ain't a part of it, sir. Gresh coming up at 2 p.m. Eastern. 855-2124-CBS. It's better to burn out than to fade away. One more thought on that here in just a second. First, though, I, I the, the tanking thought that got brought up about Belichick, and this is all I'll say. For Belichick, he has a chance to do something miraculous here. He has a chance. I, I think that the conversation is overblown. I do, and I'm one of the people who are one of the proprietors of it. Tom versus Bill, Bill versus Tom, who's actually in charge? Who's responsible for the greatest dynasty that we've ever seen in professional sports in America? I still say, Tom, I'm one of the guys who push these agendas, but I also know that it, at the end of this year or the, this time next year, it could end up being Bill. Bill has a chance to do something outlandish. Say it ends up being Jared Stidham or it ends up being Cody Kessler of all people or Brian, or Brian Hoyer. You have the chance to do something out, outlandish, out crazy, to be a playoff team in that division where they are helping out Josh Allen. They are full steam ahead with Josh, and rightfully so. The Dolphins are very well coached. Now it looks like they're going the other way. They're trying to stack on talent, trying to help out that young quarterback that they're definitely going to take. So you could go that way with the Dolphins. And the Jets, I don't think the Jets are anybody to sleep on. I think that Adam Gase is a real goofball. They still finish like 7-9. and nine. So you would have to feel if Sam Darnold were healthy through a month of that season, they got something to argue. All of a sudden, the AFC East is a tough division. If the Patriots still make it to the playoffs there, Bill Belichick has done a hell of a job. And if Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay, or now that he is at Tampa Bay, if, he, if they don't go to the postseason, Tom could look pretty old real quick. I, th- I still think it makes sense because Arians is at the tail end of his career. Brady's at the tail end of his career. If they do great things, it's a tremendous story. We do 30 for 30s on it. If they don't do anything great, then hey, no no harm, no foul. See you see in Ken. See Tom and Ken. Did a great job. So I, I think that's okay. And they got what it takes to be a playoff team down in Tampa Bay. But Bill has something 
that he could do that's incredible. And it's unrealistic to ask a guy to do something to tank like that. I think there's teams that can. I think there's teams that can't. When I look at teams that can, I think that, that the ownership is there for it. I think that they are conducive to something like that, to open to new ideas. Usually it's a new general manager, a new head coach. They don't have a whole lot of history. That head coach doesn't have a whole lot of history in their own right. I think there's teams that can do it. And there's also, let's be serious, there's the organization and whether or not they'll allow it as well. Like teams that can't do it, New England, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Denver. I throw Vegas in that mix. Philly, Dallas, the Giants, Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago. Atlanta actually doesn't. Arthur Blank does try. Carolina doesn't. They do try. They, they've been on their ass a couple of times, but I don't think that they tank. San Francisco's an interesting case study. People look at them and they go, well, they kind of take, nah, Nick Mullins, they tried to make it work with him and they tried to win some football games. Kyle Shanahan's not an idiot. He knows that you can be out on your ass really quickly here. San Francisco's not one of those teams, and, and Seattle's not one of those teams. They don't tank. There's plenty of teams that can and have. But when I look at those teams, I, I think that they just they have more pride. They try to do it the right way. They also know that, honestly, they know that it really doesn't work. Miami tried to tank last year. It was their, I guess, bad luck that their coach was so good and their staff was so good that they got guys who they did not intend on competing with to go out and win five games. 855-2124-CBS. Bill also has his entire scheme wrapped up in the Patriot way. The Patriot way isn't losing games on purpose. You lose those guys, you ain't getting them back. So that conversation has to end as soon as possible. I should have always known it was going to end up this way. I thought that this was the most special relationship. Bill, Tom, the Patriots, Bob Kraft. I, I, I should have thought it was the most special relationship. I thought after the Garoppolo saga, when Garoppolo was sent to San Francisco, that this is where it was going to end. That Tom Brady was, for better or for worse, and more than likely worse, because it is pro sports, and it's not a movie, that for better or for worse, that Tom was going to end his career with the Patriots. I didn't see where... Bob Kraft's still a businessman. Bob Kraft knows that he can keep Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick can coach into his 70s, 75, and still be sharp. He keeps himself sharp with it. Kraft knows that Tom Brady, as much as he is his fifth son, and I still have a theory that when Brady's all done, that he gets a piece of that team some way, somehow, to take all those pay cuts. I don't give a damn, and Gresh can tell me I'm as crazy as he wants to. But I think that he's getting a percentage on that football team. To sit there and take pay cuts like that and to continue to do that, I think he's getting a percentage, but that's a non sequitur. Bob's a businessman. Bob knows. Bill's the one that can get things going again. You can't find another Tom Brady. I don't think you ever will. We'll all be dead and buried. At least that's the way Bob's feeling. But you can get yourself another quarterback and take another swing at this thing. I should have not been so naive. Because if you're a Pats fan, and I was listening to a couple of stations over there, and I, I actually was listening to Gresh. People calling him up. They can't stand Bob Kraft. I had reports of people calling calling into WEI and saying that they want him to sell the team and 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 that he's not he shouldn't be the owner and that they were mad at him about Tom Brady. I don't know if I can be really mad at them. I can't be mad at Bill. Because if you're a Pats fan, he's only trying to do what's best for the franchise. And this thought isn't crazy. I've lived through this while he was in Cleveland. He got... He got rid of a beloved quarterback in this city that we still love to this day. And that was a tough pill to swallow, even though that quarterback has said since that, yeah, Bill was probably right about that. 
But Bill, to me, is only doing the same thing that other legendary coaches have done. Randy Cross was asked about this on NFL Network, about Bill Walsh. What Bill's doing, what this Bill is doing, is no different from what old Bills did. From what old coaches done. This is what this league has always been. And the good organizations know that, even when it comes to Tom Brady. And Tom Brady, I think, understands that. I'm sure there's part of him that is a little bit hurt, but I think that these things usually smooth over. And it's a tough decision that Bill Belichick has to make. That you move on, you're the steward of the franchise, you're the most important thing to the franchise because it's your thought, it's your decision, it is your theorem that goes into play here, and it's what you need to do to prepare another quarterback to do it. And that's why you can't really venture outside what you've done in the past. You can't really venture outside to other free agent quarterbacks. I, I'd love to take a look at Matt Stafford there. I'd love to take a look at Andy Dalton there or, or one of the other possible franchise quarterbacks or, or, or former franchise quarterbacks that could be on the move. This is a weird year for this. But when it comes to Belichick, and we talked to Christopher Price about this earlier from the Boston Globe, he might go, and it might seem like a tank to people, he's definitely going to try to win games. He, he might go from the tree that he really has. Because it's one thing to get a quarterback and get a hot hand. It's another thing to develop a culture. And for better, for worse, that's been their culture. I've loved the Patriots for so long because it's a mob mentality. Very few people around. We don't talk about our business. We keep outsiders outside. And we do what it takes to win. Sometimes we bend the rules. Sometimes we flat out break the rules. We do what it takes to win. That's what's made them successful for 20 years. That's what's made them the best dynasty in professional sports. And it's probably better for Belichick and for Brady that one goes off and sees what he can do with another football team. No harm, no foul. And the other one moves on with it. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Up next, I think we're going to try to get Hickey. I want the NFL scouting carbine presented by Ryan Hickey. And I think I might have a clip from Charles Davis in there. Next on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show. And with that... We welcome in Ryan Hickey on the phone. Hello, Ryan. Ken, what's going on? Oh, go to hell. I'm very upset with you right now. Why? I should, first, I should be upset with all three of you guys. Why? You're dragging my name through the mud here. That's, Man, it's I'm worth on it. vacation. I have a day off. I'm not doing any work. Okay. Well, sucks to be I, you. I appreciate that. How's your, uh, how's your sheets? Do you wash your sheets? Oh, every week. Okay, I'll see you in hell. Do, why? How much? How often do you wash your sheets? I wash my sheets every week, but I don't have Notre Dame sheets from 1994. I don't have Notre Dame sheets. I have a comforter. Big did you, when you had the Notre Dame sheets or the Notre Dame comforter, let me ask you this. Did you think sure. about when you first got them that you weren't going to change them until they won a bowl game too, or how that work? No, no. Come on. I practice good health here. I would never do that. I just okay. want to support the team. I'd wash them and, you know, use them regularly, but... No, I never thought about, you know, like a, a lucky jersey or a lucky pair of socks you don't wash until they lose sort of thing. I would never do that with mm. Are you ready for the NFL scouting car? Ryan Hickey's oh, NFL scouting combine? Are you sure? Uh, are you ready? Uh, you know, I can take it or leave it. What are you going to do? I'm kidding. Go ahead. All right. We'll start at number seven, a team that just made an interesting quarterback signing in Teddy Bridgewater last year, coming off a 5-11 and 11 year, the Carolina Panthers. Ooh, the Carolina Panthers, number seven overall. 
I would still say that now that you've gotten Teddy Bridgewater, I think that you have to protect Teddy, right? You have to protect Teddy at just about all costs. So if you're going to protect Teddy at just about all costs, that means you're probably going to go with the offensive line. I love this kid, and not a lot of people do. And I, well, I, I shouldn't say not a lot of people do. They just don't love him where I love him. I think Tristan Wirfs is the cat's ass. I think he's great. I like Iowa Big Ten linemen. I think that his feet move very, very well. I'd like him over there at one of those tackle spots, maybe even at the left side. I think that he'd be fantastic. you got to protect Teddy. I love Teddy. I think he's a great decision maker. I think he's got what it takes to be a good quarterback for that franchise, and I think it's worth the risk. People say $20 million a year. That's a drop in the bucket in comparison, and if he actually had himself a shot, it's going to be a drop in the bucket compared to what they're going to pay him if everything works out, and that's really what the hope is for the Carolina Panthers, right? Right. So I would say at that spot, at number seven, I think they should. I don't know if they will because we always address this here. I think they should take Tristan Wirfs. I think they're going to end up taking a guy like Jedrick Wills out of Alabama. But I think I would like to take Tristan Wirfs there. He, I, I think he's a fantastic offensive lineman. Next. All right. Let's go with the team who had arguably the biggest splash in free agency, drafting at number 14 overall. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Before Tom, and I talked about this with Charles Davis, by the way, because before Tom, I was thinking defense. Now, I'm thinking offensive line. If you check some of the mocks, and this is what throws me off too here, Hickey, and you can you can throw in whatever you want to in this as well. If I look at some of the mocks, I got about four or five offensive linemen in the first 15 picks that just go in different orders from every different person. There's some people who are like me. They really love Tristan Wirfs. There's other people who who really love Andrew Thomas. There's people who think that he could fall out of the top 15. There's people who really love Ezra Cleveland. Mekhi Becton right there is up there. Like these are, and they're going in different orders. What, what throws me off there is that the first thing people will say, it's a deep draft at the position. That's true, but you got to find the right guy for your football team, and you got to make sure because if you have five guys in the top fifteen, odds are not all five of those guys are going to be Pro Bowl, All Pro caliber offensive linemen. Now, I know there's only one guy you can vote for those in certain aspects, so fine. But who would be those type of great offensive linemen? I don't think all five are going to be absolutely great. So you have to find the right one. If they're drafting at fourteen, I would still go offensive line. Charles Davis said defense. He said he'd still go defense. Some people are thinking maybe Andrew Thomas there. He's another one of those offensive linemen that people that people are talking about out of Georgia. Georgia's starting to get a nice reputation for some of these offensive players, ground and pound guys, running backs, offensive linemen. There is a worry he's a bit boxy, though. How about this? How about a number 14 overall? And it's not going to excite the fans in Tampa Bay. They're already excited, though, just because not a lot of people watch this team this year, and they were actually a tanking college team. How about Josh Jones out of Houston? I think he moves okay. I think he'd be a nice pick. I think your first idea is to protect Tom. And then whatever quarterback that you have there, I think your idea is to protect him. I would say maybe a nice Josh Jones, the former Houston Cougar there, at number 14. Hickey, do you have any thought on that? I'm I'm kind of like, I want to kind of merge both you and Charles's ideas together. Like I, I would, like, at 14, what the Bucks should do is kind of take the best available. So to your point, if there's offensive linemen there, and you said there's five that are pretty good, but what are the odds that all five actually come out to Pro Bowl caliber offensive linemen? Mm-hmm. If there's one there that you believe in, 
Bruce, you know what? This is our guy. We kind of watched him a little bit. Yeah. But if not, like, if there's maybe a defensive player there, and as you know, the defense last year, maybe it was, you know, because of Jameis Winston's interception and putting the defense in bad spots, they were the weak point last year, especially in the secondary. If there's a secondary or a linebacker kind of back seven kind of guy that you like better than maybe the offensive lineman that's on the board, the fourth or fifth offensive lineman out of that group of five that should go in the first round, you I would kind of go bastard. the best available route, and then maybe to your point, with a deep, mm. you know, offensive line um, draft, maybe in the second or third round, get an offensive lineman. But I like the that you're addressing the O line, but yeah. defense should be, you know, heavy and at least quantity wise of picks wow. uh, the focal point. See, I just think when you have a quarterback, you got to protect him. But I like I like your theory because you just used it against me, where I said, "Oh, well, you got to find the right guy." I like Josh Jones. I think he's going to be in that spot, but. I am guilty of where you just taking an offensive lineman to take an offensive lineman to what? To protect Tom Brady? That's not going to make anything better. I still think, though, with his limited mobility and his age, it kind of does force me to go need instead of BPA. Fair enough? Fair well, enough. Fair. No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because usually uh, we're it? talking about younger quarterbacks. When you're drafting higher, we're still talking about younger quarterbacks in that spot. This is a 43-year-old, going to be 43-year-old man. You got to you got to take care of him. But fine. Next team. You're right. You're right. You're probably right. No, Go no, ahead. No, you're right, too. It's a, it's a different circumstance than you're right. The most teams will be picking that spot. Face. Let's so just have a great big agreement fest with one another. Yeah. Sure. Fair. Yeah. Great. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Let's skip down a few picks to number 21, the Philadelphia Eagles. Boy, it seems like they just want a wide receiver that bad. Don't you want that Eagles fan? Isn't that what you're looking for, Eagles fan? Do they not just want any? Do they not just want a wide receiver that badly? Hickey, I like a I'm nice Justin. Body at this point, I mean. Yeah, geez. yeah. I, I mean, I'd like a nice Justin Jefferson if and I could. Uh, I think he's a fantastic. I, I think he's a fantastic wide receiver. I I could see this as a team that trades back into the first round. I I think that this is a team that could trade up. Philadelphia is a team that has a lot of options there, and it really depends on what you want to do with Carson Wentz. You understand what I'm saying? If, if you have Carson Wentz and you have him on working again, you haven't met his very best, which people would love to rip on Carson Wentz. Hell, through 10 or 11 weeks last year, he had the same numbers as Deshaun Watson. Everybody loves Deshaun Watson. Now, that was an argument I made in week 10 or 11. I have to go back and look to make sure they finished up somewhere similarly. But, I mean, good God, people love to rip on him. But some of the real similar stuff is what Deshaun Watson did. And I like Deshaun Watson. And... Obviously, I think there's reasons like Carson Wentz. I think you want to keep that window open. I could see them trading back in if they possibly could. I think they could trade up. But uh, if not, uh, how about a nice Justin Jefferson there with LSU? Next. All right, the fourth and final team. We're halfway through the NFL scouting combine, by the way. So this is the halfway point. Number 25. Are you serious? Yeah, how about it's gone fast, right? Oh, my goodness gracious. Fine, go right on ahead. Four to go. And you have the Vikings just gave Kirk Cousins another contract, big extension, drafting at number 25. At number 25? Well, they got two picks, correct? They got 22 and 25, right? No, the Bills currently right now at number 25. Okay, that's right. There we go. So which pick do they have right there with the Vikings? 25. 25. The Vikings, I'm still thinking defense at 25. Can I throw a name out to you there? I obviously should because we're talking about the Carmbine. Yeah, I'll I like some names here. I like Grant Delpit. I think that they're going to trade away Anthony Harris. I think somebody's going to come up there and meet that number and try to trade away Anthony Harris. They're looking for a two. I think a two is a little bit hefty on that, uh, especially because he's 29 years old. Maybe it's a three, but I think that they could go ahead and they could tra- take a guy and trade uh, and trade Grant Delpit right there, or, or get Grant and then trade away uh, Anthony Harris, or trade away Anthony Harris and go ahead and get Grant. 
you like that or you disagree with that there, Hickey? I like Brandon Delpit a lot. That's a sexy pick, you know, especially in this kind of day's NFL. You think it's sexy? Very rangy ball skills. Sexy. Okay, all right. Yeah, sexy name. Hickey, you got any other nasty things to say before I let you go? No, that should be it for uh, for today. We'll see you next week's edition. What have you been doing for the show while you've been sitting at home? I'm sitting in my dad's office, have my computer up. I'm podcasting, listening to the show, getting a few laughs. Uh, doing all the social media, so trying to do as much as I can without physically being uh, present. Right. Now. I wanted to go. I wanted to go quick, real quick. Be earlier, I got to ask you this now. Um, can you explain the fifth question of five burning questions? Because you messed yeah, that thing up know, really bad. Okay. So LeBron is saying basically he thought his legacy was going to get a huge hit if that team did not win Game Six and they're eliminated by the Celtics. And uh-huh. he hinted that well, if they lose, well, Power Rangers could break up the big three and. For all, you know, the top of circumstances, for all of the excitement that went around LeBron going to Miami, two years, and you win zero titles, and all of a sudden, maybe he gets traded, or Chris Bosh gets traded, and they kind of break up the team. Like, that that was a turning point. Winning that game, winning the finals, was a turning point for LeBron because he never won up to that point. So I'm saying, if he lost that game or played poorly again, mm-hmm. maybe his confidence just doesn't ever come back, and he now, all of a sudden, can ever become, the, you know, he probably wants to take Manning. Great regular season player, can't come through the playoffs, and who knows where his career would be. I don't so believe that. I don't believe that. Say, game six of 2012 was a turning mm-hmm. point in his career that kind of helped propel him to greatness and to perform in these big-time moments. I, I say yes, but I also don't think that he that he would all of a sudden fall in and, and never been what we see with LeBron now. I don't know if he would have been the type of titan that he is right now to, to this stature, but I don't think that – I still think he would have won a title – uh, but I could see where he uses it with a turning point. I thought we thought you meant the most important game of his career. The most important game of his career was in 2016. You know that. No, I, I totally agree. Uh, um, okay. I was trying to put it out there. Like, if, if this game six doesn't happen, do you think 2016 even happens, or like a caliber of a comeback that like that he performed in 2016? I wonder if that's not even possible. It was for the 2012 game. We got to prove to himself that he can get it done in the biggest moments possible. That's what I was trying to go for there. Well, if we're if we're going through if we're going chronologically here, so the question is: Would Bosch and Wade be gone after that? Like that would have crumbled that soon? I mean, Brian said himself. He, he says it himself. Yeah, big three would be broken up. If well, I don't think he goes back. Them. I don't think he goes back to Cleveland then. I don't think he goes back to Cleveland. I don't think that you you go and you lose in Miami and not win something in Miami and then come back to Cleveland. It, it's I, I think that he probably wouldn't have came back. When he won so, in Miami, yeah, I think that. it made him yeah, I think it made him more of a forgiving person because he won and then Dan Gilbert was able to go to him hat in hand and say, Hey, you know, I'm I I said some mean things when I was mad at you and I'm sorry and da 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 and then it ended up with the championship. So yeah, that that might have been a very important game in his career. At least for fans. At least for fans, because he might have went somewhere else and still won a championship somewhere else. So I could see your point there. All right, Hickey, well done. Right, it was poorly worded. I apologize, but it's okay. I'm glad it's eventually okay. that it was you. You yeah. got you saw what I was trying to get at. At least, yeah, you're a fantastic person. I love you, Hickey. Thank you very much for the time. Love you, Ken. Have a good rest of your show. I just thanked Hickey like he wasn't a producer on the show and like he was a guest on the show. That's fantastic. Hey, Billy, is Billy there? I think Billy's gone. I was going to say, hey, Billy, I want to thank you for your time, and thank you very much for being on the show and working on the show, just so you didn't feel left out. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up next, cheer up, son. At least you cried over the goat. And, mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be running backs. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio.
This is the Ken Carmen Show. Final segment of the day. Speak now and forever. Hold your peace. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Send the tweets. Send them hot at Ken Carmen. C-A-R-M-A-N. The hell? All right. You want to know something? Billy, maybe I'm the only one. I'm going to go completely off the reservation here for a moment. You there? Uh, Billy? I'm here, Ken, yes. I know that everybody's doing the right thing, and so they're staying in, and they're quarantined, which is the right thing to do. Have you found yourself on more group texts? Uh, no, more threads? I have not. I'm getting, I'm on these group texts and on these threads and numbers. I've never noticed these numbers. I've never seen these people. Like they're, they're, they're local numbers, so they're people I've met, and it's just like memes and gifts and stupidity that I'm not interested in whatsoever. Yeah, there has I, to be I mean, a problem going on throughout. Like in New York and in California, there has to be like you have to all of a sudden find yourself on these threads that are just senseless. Go ahead. No, I'm saying like I'm in one of them with my family, but I can't say I found my way into a lot. Oh my gosh! Like I, previous ones are okay. I don't. I find myself. I don't have any one-on-one texts barely anymore. Yeah, it's it's, it's all a, groups. It's a previous one. Yeah, that well, I I know what I mean, but I found my there's like three of them now that have started since this last week. I'm going. I don't know any of the numbers here. How did my number get put in this? And I'm afraid to respond to any of them because then it's I, I don't know what they are. So I, I'm just it makes me a little nervous. That's all. Okay, Billy, you understand? Yeah, man, I totally get it. I also want to bring you in on something because I'm going to tell people how to raise their kids here in a second, which is going to be always great for everybody. I wanted to play some clips for people. Oh, one clip for people. Here's a kid who is a New England fan. And he is crying over Tom Brady leaving and going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. First off, if I can just say, it's not right for dad to say that. I don't know if you can get Tom Brady's number. Don't be telling me that you can get me Tom Brady's number. If I'm the son, don't tell me you can get Tom Brady's number. Now that boy's going to be expecting Tom Brady's number. Second of all, Billy. Yes, Ken. I got to tell the kid. I actually feel bad for the kid because he's a small child and he's upset. I'm not being mean-spirited towards the kid. I'm not that mean-spirited and that bad of a person. No, you're I not. Think, I think what they need to do, and let me tell them how to raise their children for them. Obviously, I'm a better parent. I think what they need to do is say, son, at least I know you're crying and I know this hurts. At least you're qu- crying for the greatest quarterback of all time. Like I assume these people are from I don't know where they're from. I assume they're from New England. They're big Brady fans. They're big they're big uh, Patriots fans. I would assume that's true. Like I'm from the Cleveland area, okay? I'm from Northeast Ohio. Billy, I'll tell you right now. You want to know the first athlete I cried over or for leaving my favorite team? Let's hear it. Albert Bell. Okay. I went in my room and I cried over Albert Bell cuz Albert Bell was going to the White Sox. When it's all said and done, Tom Brady will be in the Hall of Fame. He may make a playoff run this year. Who the hell knows? There, there, there's people expecting Super Bowl. I think that's a little bit crazy, but they'll go to the playoffs. We'll see what they can do. I, I think they, th- they can go to the playoffs. But when it's all said and done, he's a Hall of Famer. He's an icon. He's a legend. He's the greatest to play the position, right? Right. When it was all said and done for my favorite player, the first guy I cried over, there was GPS responder. And at a spring training parking lot with no shirt on, basically walking around like, or with with only a shirt on, 
in a spring training, spring training parking lot a couple of years ago, basically walking around like he was Winnie the Pooh. Do you get the correlation here, or do you get the do you get the what I'm trying to get to you here, Hickey, or what I'm trying to get to you here, Billy? Do you get what I'm trying to point out? Yeah, I do, I do. Like I want to, I want to look at him and say, "Son, son, have yourself a good cry." I'm, I'm not going to yell at you and tell you to suck it up. He's just an at- no, 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 no. We love athletes, we love players, we love our favorite teams. You want to cry, son? You have a good, good, strong cry. When Joe Thomas had his had his uh, retirement speech a couple of years ago. I was driving in the truck. I said, son, there's a football player right here. I almost got choked up myself. So I can get it. I see how this works. And if the son wants to have a good cry, as a father who has compassion, I say, go ahead. You have you have yourself a cry. But at least you know you're crying over the best that ever played the position. Because let me tell you something, son. I cried over Albert Bell. Like, what did that guy Oh, son, when when I found out Tony Easton wasn't going to be the quarterback of the Patriots anymore, I locked myself in the room for three days. Like, that's pathetic in comparison to crying over Tom Brady. So I feel good for the son. I don't think the dad should be out there saying he's going to get Tom Brady's number. Because once once Tom Brady apologized to one five-year-old kid, he has to apologize to the rest of them. So I don't know if Tom Brady's going to want to do something like that. I don't think he would. Billy, have you ever cried over an athlete? Um... No, I don't think I have. Never once? No, I never cried. You didn't like you didn't like him at all? What? You don't you didn't have a player you loved that much that you cried over? You've never like even a retirement ceremony you never have, Billy? Oh, well maybe uh I don't know, maybe the next retiring Jason Kidd's number. You cried for that? I love Jason Kidd, man. Man, you love the Nets, don't you? Yeah, I do. Okay, but that's well, I shouldn't say like, oh, you cried for that. Okay, so I just want to make sure you cried over something in sports. I mean, you got to have a soul, Billy. Yeah, I do, yeah. You're a good kid. I know you got a soul, bud. Lord almighty. 855-212-4CBS. I've cried over, I cried over Albert Bell. Joe Thomas doesn't count. I didn't cry over Joe. There was no crying over spilt Joes. Uh, oh, I cried over Dale Earnhardt. I told you about that, though, Billy. You were were you part of that conversation? No, I wasn't. Yeah, when Dale Earnhardt died, uh, I was playing video games at my buddy's house. I love Dale Earnhardt. I was playing video games at my buddy ho- buddy's house. He had a 13-inch TV, and he had a regular TV. And on the 13-inch TV, because they wanted to all play video games, and I wanted to watch a Daytona 500 to go over there, I told them that they had to keep the TV on the Daytona 500 on the other TV. Well, that TV was on mute. So I didn't hear any of them saying how serious of an incident it was at the end of the race. I was like, oh, Dale Earnhardt finished 12th. Well, we'll get him next week at Rockingham. I didn't realize like he was that seriously injured. And they showed the ambulance, and I, I swear to you guys, I didn't think anything of it. And I went home, and I was eating steak and spaghetti. It was my favorite dinner. It's steak with a side of spaghetti. We were eating the salad. I, for, I remember this like it happened earlier today. My parents had a police scanner, and it would go through the loop. Did your parents have a police scanner back in the day, Billy? No, of course not. Oh, man, it's awesome. It's the best. Well, it would go through the loop. Now you can't do it anymore, but it would go through the loop, and it would pick up the police scanning. We used to listen to it while we ate dinner because Canton. And so we would listen to it, and then it would pick up – it would actually pick up wire or uh, cordless phone conversations – and there were got there was a guy talking to another guy, and they were talking about Dale Earnhardt, and they were like, "The news is saying he died," and I went, "What?" 
And I ran over there to the TV and Sports Center's on, and he had died. And I remember being shocked and not knowing what to do. And my mother comes to me. She goes, Kenny, finish your dinner. And I remember sitting there at my kitchen table trying to eat steak and spaghetti, but overcome by emotion and crying while there was there was spaghetti in my mouth, Billy. And then I couldn't breathe out my mouth because my nose was stuffed up, so then I had to swallow the steak and spaghetti, and finally my mother took mercy on me and decided that I didn't have to finish my dinner. <laughs> so I went into my room. Stop laughing. It ain't funny, even though, the yes, the optics of it probably are really funny. I walked into my room. I cried, and my friend Danny had made a terrible joke right before the incident that he never thought was going to be possible. And I called him up, and I was crying and bawling my eyes out. I'm like 13 years old, and I'm screaming at him, and he thought it was my buddy's girlfriend, who was also 13 years old. He didn't even know it was me. I didn't get any satisfaction out of it whatsoever. I sat in my room when Dale Earnhardt died for about four days before I could come to. That's how upset I was over that. So I've cried over that. I've cried over Albert Bell. One guy a legend, one guy uh, not so much. I'm saying it's okay for the kid to cry a little bit. That's all, Billy. It's all right for him to cry. I think you agree. I do agree. Okay. 855-2124-CBS. 855-2124-227. I don't think it's right for the dad to say that he's going to be able to go get Tom Brady's number. I want to leave you with this. Earlier this week, Melvin Gordon, he gets let go. Todd Gurley, he gets let go. Todd Gurley's an interesting thing. If you're a fan of a team that's struggling right now or a fan of a team that made that that's borderline playoffs right now, you might be a little bit frustrated. I want to remind you to savor the climb to the top because I think the Patriots are about to deal with this here, and I know that the Rams, I, I really believe that the Rams are about to deal with this. The climb to the top can be very, very grueling. The climb to the top can be frustrating for any fan out there. Savor it as much as you can because the free fall of the dumpster is takes a nanosecond. Two years ago, Sean McVay was the best thing going in, co- in football. He was changing the way we looked at college football coach, or we looked at NFL coaches. And I told you then, and I, told, I tell you now, at that time, he was the most dangerous man in the NFL. Now I think it's Lamar Jackson, actually, for uh, crazy other reasons. But it's also ultimately the same thing. If I'm a guy who's so good at what I do, I make other people make bad decisions trying to emulate what I'm doing, I'm a very dangerous person. Sean McVay made teams do that. He made owners do that because he was good at what he did. And there's been people lying in the weeds waiting for things to go poorly. Things can't help but go poorly now. Yes, we will get a true indication of what Sean McVay can really do. But to take a team and take it from here to here and to take it to a Super Bowl, I can't discount that. I found him to be the most dangerous person at that time. And now for a Rams fan... The ones that are out there, the strong ones that are out there like Greg in L.A. and so many who have called us over the years. It's about to start anew. Where you put your stock into Jared Goff, you put your stock into Todd Gurley, you hope you can get something done, and then all of a sudden it vanishes. And for Patriots fans, for 20 years, it feels like you've had something that has been so good it will never go away. In fact, it becomes old hat. I used to watch those post games on Nesson, and I used to watch those post games of Patriots playoff games and watch the fans come out. My co-host in the mornings, he actually did too because he wanted to recognize it as well. Fans would walk out of Patriots post games and walk out of the stadium after the game as if it were basically a day at work. They clocked in, they clocked out. Now things are about to change. 
And for those fans, and for the little kid in the video, for those fans, it's going to feel like the last 20 years never happened. If you're one of the teams that are building, and I got to say, if you're a Bengals fan and a Burrow fan, try to savor it the best you can. Because there's going to be frustration, there's going to be anger, there's going to be angst, there's going to be guys who get hired, there's going to be guys who get fired. Hopefully you go in the right direction. You can't emulate what the Patriots did. But try for a moment to savor the climb. Because the free fall is instantaneous. 855-2124-CBS. To tell you more how to raise your kids. Going from Gurley, going from Gordon, the highest paid running backs in the NFL right now, Zeke Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Derrick Henry, Kenyon Drake, Saquon Barkley, Leonard Fournette. The position in itself, so electrifying, so mesmerizing, so powerful, so underpaid. As long as I'm up on my soapbox telling you how to raise your kids, and by the way, this is all in jest. You raise them how you raise them. They're your damn kids. I'd hope you'd understand this for a second, but still. If you can get them when we get out of this national nightmare and when we can get back to life... as close to the way we can get it. I see Zeke. I see I see Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson. Out of these guys, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry and Zeke and Saquon, worth it. For a lot of these players, you're doing a whole lot of work for very little pay. If I could be in control of any of this type of thing, you got a kid who looks like he could be a linebacker, make him a linebacker. You got a kid who looks like he can be a safety, make him a safety. You can make him a corner or a wide receiver or anything else, a tight end or anything else, even a quarterback, anything else. Todd Gurley led the league. Melvin Gordon was one of the league leaders. Melvin Gordon, it was one of the catalysts for why they were supposed to suffer in 2019. Gone. Todd Gurley changing the way that we look at running backs here in this generation. A big-time first-round pick. A guy that they had control over. A guy who was in Gatorade ads. One of the very best. Now I'm seeing images and memes on Twitter of him walking around with Arthur Blank where they're both using wheelchairs. The most thankless position in pro sports, one of them. The most thankless position on the football field, we always love to talk about linemen. We always talk about their value. Tight ends, they have been created anew thanks to Rob Gronkowski. Wide receivers, quarterbacks, we all know their values. Guys on defense, we know theirs. Running backs, a dime a dozen, use them up, get them out of there. Mamas, don't let your babies grow up to be running backs. Big thanks to everybody in New York who helped us out including the great Ryan Hickey and Billy Jack. I'm Ken Carmen. Stay safe, my friends. Have a wonderful weekend. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.